Don't you know Talking about a revolution sounds And finally the tables are starting to turn Talking about a revolution It's finally the tables are starting to turn Talking about a revolution Oh, oh no Talking about a revolution Oh, oh, oh. Talking about a revolution, go home. Welcome to 10 Minutes on Democracy. I'm Jason Franklin, Senior Advisor at One for Democracy, and today is Tuesday, November 1st. Rather than a speech on this last 10 Minutes on Democracy podcast before the election, we thought we'd start with a clip from a rare public performance by musician Tracy Chapman, who performed on The Late Night with Seth Meyers the day before the 2020 election when she tweaked her famous song, Talking About a Revolution, to implore people to go vote. The question of voter turnout is looming large again this election as we look towards next Tuesday. Some states are seeing record midterm vote-by-mail turnout, which means that millions of votes are already locked in, but who those voters are is a big question. While mail-in voting saw a big bipartisan surge during COVID, election conspiracies have polarized it since. Democratic voters were nearly twice as likely to support allowing voters to request an absentee ballot without a documented excuse as Republicans were, according to a June Pew Research Center poll. Whether that distribution holds up and whether Democrats dramatically outpace their Republican counterparts in voting by mail is a big question that will be answered next week. Similarly, questions on whether the early surge in women's voter registrations after the Dobbs decision translates into electoral outcomes that the polls are missing is an open question as well. Because overall, polls have continued to tighten since last week, and at this moment it looks like many key races in key states across the country will all be decided by thin margins. Another dynamic of these thin margins and the election conspiracies is a surge in efforts by Republicans to call for hand counting of all ballots, despite the fact that hand counting has been shown to have more errors than automated counting. Now, last week, Nevada Secretary of State uh, sent a letter to Nye County telling county commissioners that the current hand counting process must cease immediately. They'd already begun to hand count in advance. That has been told that they have to cease. And over in Arizona, on Friday, the Republican Attorney General issued an advisory opinion permitting counties to conduct hand count audits of ballots, which contradicts guidance from the Secretary of State in Arizona, who's a Democrat. And then yesterday, the Arizona Alliance of Retired Americans and a Democratic voter filed a lawsuit against multiple county officials and election administrators challenging a county's plan to perform a hand count audit of all early ballots. So the back and forth question of can you hand count? Can you hand audit? Can you plan to do that in advance? Or can you only do it after the election results come out based on probable cause? It's going to be a source of conflict in the next week and change. Another thing we have to be looking at is the dynamics of voter intimidation and violence in this most polarized of election season. Last week, I talked about the drop box monitoring, particularly that by vigilantes in camo attire in Arizona. Well, a federal judge issued a decision allowing Clean Elections USA to continue monitoring drop boxes, ruling that prohibiting its plans would violate First Amendment rights, even if voters are legitimately alarmed by the observers. That decision's been appealed. It's continuing to move through the legal process. 
The Department of Justice has submitted a statement of interest in a federal lawsuit tied to the same alleged voter intimidation. So how this plays out and what it means for national polling safety is going to be a real big question. Another far-right group has now withdrawn their own plans to do Dropbox monitoring as a result, but definitely a mixed bag and something to be watching and concerned about. And of course, we can't talk this week about democracy without talking about last week's attack on Paul Pelosi, husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Most dramatic manifestation of recent threats are targeting politicians, candidates, election workers. Actually, 81% of local public officials say they have experienced harassment, threats, or violence per a survey from the National League of Cities. So this attack on Speaker Pelosi's husband, very dramatic, but it's very, very widespread. And actually researchers at Princeton University and the Anti-Defamation League have announced that they're building the first ever national database to track incidents of threats and harassment against government officials. From the initial work they've done, they're showing that women officials are targeted 3.4 times more often than men. And threats of death and gun violence are more than twice as common as any other form of threat, while intimidation is the top form of harassment. And the states where the highest share of incidents against poll workers and election officials are all the battleground states, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona. So this is not just a question about is it spread across the country, it's being focused in places where elections are close. We can see that this kind of dynamic is really intense and it's something over this next week as we see democracy tested perhaps as hard as it's been tested in decades or a century plus in the U.S., we can see that democracy in the U.S. and globally is balancing on the edge. On Sunday, Brazil's far-right President Bolsonaro lost but has yet to say anything after losing in the tightest presidential election since democracy took hold in Brazil in the 80s. But as of this recording, he's yet to accept his defeat, despite key allies and global leaders acknowledging the win of former president, leftist rival Lula. And as we look towards American elections next week, amidst incredible polarization and conspiracy theories, I will say I remain hopeful for a peaceful election and acknowledgement of the election results, but I expect we will sadly face drama and conflict, either verbal or physical, before we get to the other side of this election season. Not a lot of new news otherwise to report. It's just the moment of the ground game. Every group, every candidate, both parties are just trying to turn out their voters, make their last cases. So we'll wrap now. And next week we'll be recording on Thursday, November 10th. So we have a bit of time to make sense of the initial election results on Tuesday. Just encourage you, don't forget to make a plan now on how you'll cast your vote next Tuesday. I'm Jason Franklin, and I look forward to talking with you again next week. 10 Minutes on Democracy.